This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hello, this is the Queen of England. You're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt, as cute as my corgis. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 458. You may hear some noises in the background. We have a group of moloids that are doing some stonework, so that'll be the tapping and the smash. Shoring this place up a little bit. Yeah, 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 you know. My name is Matt Bob. There you go. <laughs> and I'm Joe Patrick. Each week, Matt and I discuss Wednesday's new comics, comic book movies, TV, news, and juicy rumors. Well, sharing the same body. It's gross. Yeah, that's definitely the... Illusion we've decided to portray to the internet. It's true. It's both our curse and responsibility, and of course, with great curses, come great podcasts. Boom! In this experimental episode, Joe and I are tweaking the format a bit and starting with reviews of 10 of this week's new comics in the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we're going to wrap about our must-read comic picks for next week, and finally... We'll get to some nerd news live on the Facebooks so you nerds can respond directly when we open the phone lines for our cover-to-cover segment! Normally, Matt would be screaming about nerd news, but we're switching things up, like he said. So strap in, nerds, because this show is about to make the jump to hyperactive. Well, Matt and I review 10 of this week's new comics stirring. The Ludicrous Speed Rock! Ludicrous Speed! Go! Supergirl Annual Number One, 2017, DC, 48 pages, 4.99. That is the proper title, I guess. <laughs> Remember when annuals meant something to a character's larger story arc? Yeah. Okay. Good. Writer Steve Orlando also does, and that's what he gives his Supergirl readers. This annual spills directly out of last month's issue, which saw Legion of Superheroes Nemesis Emerald Empress wreaking havoc with the aid of her Emerald Eye of. Ekron. I want to keep wanting to say Urkon. I know. The Empress has traveled back in time to kill Supergirl by sending her powers into a death spiral that will power her up so much she's going to explode. But luckily, her friends at the DEO have a tech to stop the process. Not cure it, but stop it from killing her. That's right. Supergirl is now super amped up and like more powerful than Superman. Whoa. And everyone's favorite Kryptonian werewolf shows up too. What? Who? Laron. Remember him? No. <laughs> yeah. Orlando has been doing wonderful work on Supergirl, capturing everything I loved about the ridiculous cosmic slam bang super stories of the 80s and 90s while still writing a compelling and powerful female character. Steve Pugh is not my favorite artist, but he's always solid and maintains the action here perfectly. Supergirl 2017 annual gets a Buy it. Dark Side, special number one from DC. It's 48 pages of $4.99. Kirby friend and biographer Mark Evanier returns to DC to script the lead story about a group of young escapees from Granny Goodness's orphanage. Which sounds sweet, but it's not. It's not. <laughs> Who proved to be a constant thorn in Dark Side's backside over the years. The script is written in a very classic style, but you can take that however you want. Evanier does a great job capturing Kirby's bombastic nature. The story is drawn by Scott Collins, and this is peak Jeff Johns level Scott Collins. Jeff Johns Flash level Scott Collins. Okay. <laughs> Jeff Johns level Scott Collins. Yeah. 
The story is gorgeous. His dark side is huge and imposing. His female furies are scary, kind of gross, and every panel is packed full of detail. There's a great short story featuring OMAC by Paul Levitz and our main man, Phil Hester. Nice. Plus two backups from the king himself, one featuring the Forever People and another featuring a weird pre-hero story called The All-Seeing Eye. Hmm. There's a ton of great content in here for the price. The Kirby specials that I've read, this is definitely my favorite. I'm giving the Jack Kirby Dark Side special a buy. Awesome. Secret Empire number 10 from Marvel. It's 48 pages for $4.99. The long national nightmare comes to an end. Almost. Just as I predicted, Kobik, the stupid cosmic cube that turned into a little girl for one reason or another, saves the day by pulling the real Captain America out of thin air so he can punch Hydra Cap for several pages. After a battle that reminded me of a mediocre wrestling match, complete with color commentary telling me how important and amazing said mediocre fight is supposed to be. It sucked. <laughs> okay? I don't know if it was Nick Spencer's or an editorial idea to inflate this story into a 10-issue event, but the payoff was not worth almost a year of issues. And for once, I would say the exact opposite took place, wherein the tie-ins were better than the main event. And they definitely did not earn the, like, hopeful send-off. No. After all the shit they pulled at the beginning of yeah. this event and the way they treated... And they tried to they tried to chicken their fans. way out of, like, the whole we made Cap a Nazi thing. And, like, if you're going to do it, own it, all right? Leave it there. But they tried to back off of that even. And to top it off, it's not over. Next month, we get to read Secret Empire Omega. Because after Kobik snapped her fingers and made everything better? Well, not quite everything, for some reason. Even Steve McNiven's art looked softer and weaker than usual. There was a bunch of other artists that worked on this in what was supposed to be flashbacks, I guess, but that didn't always translate really well. I mean, well. the flashbacks, I think, worked for me, but... They completely dropped the ball on the Generations thing that, I guess, oh. happened here and explained yeah. why everyone was getting shot through time. If you weren't actively looking for it, you might not realize that this issue technically, I, I guess, yeah. sets up the Generations books. My God. There were panels that were supposed to grab you by the collar here, but instead they just came off as silly. There's a scene where the underground heroes team up to beat on cosmic powered Hydra Cap. It was absolutely laughable. It looks like they're all trying to hug him. <laughs> Ultimately, Secret Empire was an overly inflated mess with a completely predictable ending. To be fair, I could not have predicted just how uninspired this issue would be. Secret Empire 10 gets a leave it, and please, can we all agree to write Kobik out of continuity? I don't need her killed. Let's just pretend she never existed. Okay? Stupid. Bombshells United, number one from DC Digital. Finally, a story that puts all the sexy World War II pinup DC heroines it's not in about one book. That. It's 24 pages for 99 cents. The bombshells are back in an all-new series. As our new tale begins, the year is 1943, and Wonder Woman is called to Arizona to help two young girls named Cassie Sandsmark and Donna Troy. The girls' friends and families are being displaced from their homes and forced into internment camps. And to save them, can Wonder Woman fight against the same people she wants to Side. Oh no. Spoilers. Of course she can't. She's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me start by saying that this is beautifully drawn by artist Marguerite Sauvage. She's wonderful. She draws with a, a soft line that almost looks like charcoal, and the effect is really quite stunning. Unfortunately, I did not love the script from this chapter's other Marguerite, 
Marguerite Bennett. Yeah, that's right. This is the book of the Marguerite. Marguerite and Marguerite. Bennett spends a few pages setting up the concept for newcomers, which is great. And the story is fast-paced and fun, but the dialogue just bugged me, man. Most of the characters speak in like this gee whiz toots caricature of someone from the 1940s. Like, you've seen a lot of 1940s movies, right? They all talk like Mickey Rooney. Sure. Standing on the street corner. They all just kind of sound the same. Meanwhile, Donna Troy delivers really overblown narration throughout. This is another comic series based on a product line, but where Gotham City Garage offered an interesting twist that caught my attention, Bombshells didn't really hook me. But it's still an established property. This isn't the first Bombshells series, and it's got plenty of fans at this point. You might be one of them. Plus, it's beautiful to look at, and it's only a buck. Rise of Atriox, number one from Dark Horse. I don't know why I said it like that. I know. It's 32 pages for $3.99. In his continuing quest to become comics' most prolific writer, Cullen Bunn takes on yet another limited series, this time adapting the long-overdue sequel to Halo Wars. I really like Halo Wars. Halo Wars 2 is out now. I don't give a shit about Halo. The strategy-based Halo game. And it features a new alien menace. The Atriox. Yeah, they look like, kind of like gorillas, I guess. I don't know. Bun's story is solid, and he uses the Halo AI for a very clever plot device here. Cortana? No, this is a different one. But the story falls down with Eric Wynn's art, or maybe his inking. There's this hyper-digital coloring inking that reminds me of Mike Diodato at his worst during the new Avengers run. I hate that. Where, like, they would take comic art and try it, make it look like they drew directly over pictures of people, almost. Like, they try to make it look hyper-real, and it's all scratchy and affected. It was painful to look at at times. I hate to smack talk anyone creating comics because I have zero artistic talent, but the digital effects here killed it, just killed the story. I'm giving Halo Rise of Atriox a leave it. The Hard Place, number one from Image, is 32 pages for $3.99. After five years in prison, A.J. Gurney, a legendary wheelman in Detroit, has decided it's time to go straight. He returns home to work in his... <laughs> not going to be gay anymore. No. <laughs> he returns home to work in his father's garage and disappear into anonymity. He succeeds and lives a quiet life. Happiness. Buy it. I'm just kidding. Of course. Oh, oh I see what you're doing It's there. a crime comic. Oh, it, okay, of course okay. that doesn't happen. This first issue really makes you think that he's actually going to get away with it for a while. Writer Doug Wagner takes us through the paces as AJ gets out of the joint and starts reconnecting with his life having breakfast with his cop best friend, making peace with the local gangster, and reuniting with his father, where you learn that he and AJ must have had the same barber as Wolverine. They've got these bizarre, like, Final Fantasy haircuts. Oh, okay. It's all very compelling, with moments of tension that remind you that AJ's life is full of violence, whether he wants anything to do with it or not. The thick, stylized line work of artist Nick Rummel Reminds me a lot of former detective comics artist Sean Martinborough. Oh. But colorist Charlie Kershoff makes the visuals shine with his gorgeous palette. The book isn't monochromatic exactly, but most of the colors are very muted. And then there will be intense splashes of red. It's really gorgeous. Brian Stelfreeze's 12-gauge imprint has made some great crime comics over the years. So far, it looks like The Hard Place is one of them. Buy it! Generations, The Archers, one shot from Marvel. It's 40 pages for $4.99. They didn't call it Hawkeye and Hawkeye? Yeah, it says Hawkeye, Hawkeye, but the the subtitle is The Archers. Once again, we get a great story set in some type of unexplained time travel situation that... It's the vanishing point, man. (sighs) Where Kate means young Clint on an island where the world's best marksmen have been gathered 
for some kind of hungry game shoot 'em up contest starring Crossfire, yeah. Bullseye, who Taskmaster, Clint, Taskmaster, and Clint has never heard of these guys because so they're all from different points in time and space, right? And they know him though, so it's kind of a mess. They all hit the scene after he was an established superhero. I don't really know what's going on here. Leading Matt, me to wonder. It's time travel shenanigans. You're it. really overthinking it. What I'm can I say this so I can get to my next sentence so it makes sense. It, Leading me to wonder when the hell this Clint is from. I just don't know which. The 60s. I guess. Because his mentor, the swordsman, is still around. But that is never explained. That said, Kelly Thompson's story is really great, and there's some genuinely wonderful moments between Kate and the younger version of her mentor. Hawkeye and Hawkeye was just fun, and if you think about it too much, you'll get frustrated. But I'm giving it a buy-it for the old purple costume alone. Loved it. Yeah, it was very well written. The art was just okay, was but fine. the story was very was fine. fine. James Bond, Money Penny, one shot from Dynamite. It's 40 pages for $4.99. Writer Jody Hauser and newcomer artist Jacob Edgar deliver the story of a never before told mission starring Money Penny, friend of James Bond, former MI6 field agent, and bodyguard of M. On a routine protection mission, Money Penny discovers a complicated assassination plot that bears a startling resemblance to a terrorist attack from her childhood. Can she call upon her secret agent skills to stop the plot? Spoilers again. Yes, it's just a one shot. <laughs> I like the money penny of these newer James Bond comics. She's a mysterious character, and they've been strongly hinting that she's much more than just a secretary. Yeah. As opposed to the movies, where she's kind of doddering and. She shows up. Well, no, Money Penny is like hot always, right? She's always Money Penny is always like Foxy secretary. Yeah, but she's just kind of secretary, you know. Like, I, no, that's not true. In the last couple James Bond movies, she kicked ass. But they don't really do any uh, anything with her right. to give her any sense of character. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, but in these new comics, it's like, oh, Money Penny is actually like way more complicated than you think, and I like that take on the character. And I was excited to find out more about her, but the problem with this issue is that it's just so sparse. Somebody wants to assassinate M while he's visiting a colleague in America. Check. As the plot progresses, we see flashbacks to formative events in Moneypenny's life. But even with what seems like a lot of story content, Hauser's dialogue is like so spaced out that it averages to like maybe 10 words a page. Wow. I didn't do the math. I didn't actually crunch those numbers. Don't email me. But there are huge stretches of silence. No internal monologue from Moneypenny, no narration from M, nothing but sound effects. And it's not that that kind of storytelling can't work. Sure. But. It's rough for a one shot. Hauser had one issue to make me care about the character and learn more about what makes her tick, and I don't think she got there. Okay. Jacob Edgar's art is interesting. It reminds me, this might seem like a weird kind of left-handed compliment. But it reminds me of those old dramatic comic strips like Gilthorpe or Mary Worth. It's like straddling the line between realism and cartoony, um, but also not like super flashy, like comic art. Right. I didn't dislike the Money Penny one shot. I just wanted more insight into the character than it provided. I'm giving it a skim. Doctor Who, The Lost Dimension, Alpha from Titan. It's $3.99. Probably like 40 pages, right? So it's also number one. I don't know why they call it alpha number one. In the, in the small print, it <laughs> yeah. says The Lost Dimension Alpha. Right. Command Scott writes this story of the team-up of the last four doctors. All your favorite characters. It's not the last four doctors. It's Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, and then like randomly two of the Doctor Who's from the 70s oh, yeah, and 80s. Oh, right. There's a yeah, bunch of doctors here. It's, not, it's just like a Doctor Who jumble. Yeah. 
all your favorite characters to show up, including Captain Jack and the Doc's, quote, daughter, Jennifer, who I love. And they're all here to team up to solve the mystery of Dimension Alpha. We've bitched at length about artists trying to draw actors in their comics, but artist Rachel Stott is not part of She's that problem. She's very talented. Her style is perfect here, capturing the likenesses of Capaldi, Tennant, and the rest in her wild paneling. This is action-packed. Titan's Doctor Who line has just been wonderful, must-read stuff for any Doctor Who fan, and this latest Doc event is no exception. you got to buy this. The thing that's hardest about Doctor Who is capturing the quirky humor on the page. They nail it here. They nail it. I, I chalk that all up to Stott because a lot of it is visual and facial expression. Definitely. And she does a great job. Definitely. Star Wars Dash Jedi of the Republic colon Mace Windu number sign one. It's from Marvel. It's 32 pages. It's $3.99. Left parentheses. <laughs> Last week, Matt has some harsh words to say about Mace Windu, the baddest motherfucker in the Republic. And I pushed back. But now, after having read this issue and re-familiarizing myself with the character, I had to say something that I would normally never admit. <laughs> Matt was right. Yep. How do you make a comic book about Samuel L. Jackson with a lightsaber? Boring! <laughs> By filling it with some of the worst excesses of the prequel movies and stiff, clunky art. The story by Matt Owens is 50% full of the same sit-down boardroom bullshit of episodes 1 through 3 and 50% full of the Roger Roger stupid droid angst that I can't stand. How is that army threatening to anybody? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Plus, it's full of hot new toy ideas, you guys. Here's a new ship. Here's a couple of Jedi characters that you maybe haven't heard of. Here's all of those same characters playing top-secret stealth gear. It's like tailor-made to sell everything shit. that was wrong with the prequels, basically. <laughs> Denny Cowan is a veteran artist in the comic book industry. I have nothing but respect for him. He's had a huge impact at Marvel, DC. He was one of the founders of Milestone. But I'm sorry, I've never really been a huge fan of his art I style. I don't really care for you. The difference between Denny Cowan, who draws in the very scratchy, weird, exaggerated style, and Larry Stroman... Yeah who does the exact same thing but in a different way, is that Larry Stroman's art is just really interesting to look at. And cohesive. He's got a super loose style, and it seems really out of place in a Star Wars story. I had rose-colored glasses on when it came to Mace Windu, but no more! Leave it! Told you, Mace Windu sucks. Dong, 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 dong! That is your ludicrous speed round, and dong, dong, <laughs> dong! A lot of dongs. <laughs> it's a lot of dongs. Is the sound of some type of TARDIS alarm that only the doctor understands. Who knows? As seen in the pages of Doctor Who, The Lost Dimension, Alpha, number one, the comic book. <laughs> this onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by me because nobody got back to us on Twitter. You jerks. If you're proud of your dong <laughs> and want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, <laughs> hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or send an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. It's easy. Joey, it was a wild ride. But now it's time to kick back and relax on the sectional of Rama Tut while we gaze into our 72-inch LED TV of Agamotto in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum where we've used chaos magic to hack our Apple TV to show us the secrets of next week's comics. What is your must-read pick for next Wednesday? There is a lot of very disparate comic book themes <laughs> going on in there. 
My pick for next week is Kingsman, the Red Diamond, number one from Image Comics. I'm going to tell you something. I just automatically wrote down Mark Miller without looking it up. It's not Mark Miller. It's not written by Mark Miller. It's written contracting by Rob Williams with art by Simon Fraser. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here is the solicit. Kingsman, The Golden Circle, starring Charming Tater and Colin Firth, is in cinemas this September. Charming Tater. And we're launching the sequel to the hit comic book series by Mark Miller and Dave Cavins with Kingsman, The Red Diamond. This comic book series is not by Mark Miller and Dave Cavins. No. Oh, the, the sequel, sequel to the hit. Yes. I see, you see what they did there? Mm-hmm. They're trying to trick you. Yes. Working class super spy Eggsy follows in his mentor's footsteps, but is still rough around the edges for a Kingsman agent. Rejected by his high school crush and hot on the heels of a rescue mission to save Prince Philip. He embarks on an international terror plot in a story that starts where James Bond draws the line. It's a six issue mini. Yeah. I got to see what's going to happen. I don't know. I have to confess. Uh, I never actually sat down and read the first Kingsman miniseries. Which great. was actually called The Secret Service. Yeah. And then they changed the name for the movie. Um, but I love the Kingsman movie so much. Yeah, I love wonderful. it. It was wonderful. And the first series was great. Definitely. Um, I, I need to go back and check it out. I'm definitely on board for this comic book sequel. I cannot wait for the new movie, The Kingsman. It's so much fun. Yeah, it was great. What's your pick? My pick is... I bet it's not as much fun as The Kingsman. Uh, maybe not. Journey to Star Wars, Last Jedi, Captain Phasma, number one of hey. four. This is written by Kelly Thompson. This is my second Kelly Thompson book that I picked in two weeks. Yeah. With art by Marco Cicchetto, who we refer to as Marco Cheese Cheeto. Marco Cheese Cheeto. 32 pages for $4.99. Here's your solicit. As the excitement ramps up for this December Star Wars, The Last Jedi, come back with us to the final moments of The Force Awakens and the destruction of the Starkiller base to learn the fate of Captain Phasma. Captured by the Resistance and thrown into a garbage masher, we follow the chrome-adorned warrior from the site of the First Order's biggest defeat to the door step of this holiday season's biggest blockbuster. Can I can I say I'm ashamed that I never really thought about what happened to Captain Phasma. She just was not in the back half of the movie and then the base got blown up. Yeah. And I was like, well, I really liked her as a character and I'm hoping they flesh her out and we learn a little more about her. Like I just She's assumed, our first female like stormtrooper. I assumed that she'd be back and so I just thought, well, she's off planet or something. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to find out now. I'm glad she didn't die. What's the THN trade of the week? The THN Trade of the Week goes to The Hunting Accident, hardcover graphic novel from first to second. It's written by David Carlson with art by Landis Blair. Get this. It's $34.99. Just guess how many pages it has. 20. 15. 464 pages. That is slave labor. I know. They are giving this away. Here's your solicit. As a child, Charlie Rizzo had been told that his father lost his vision in a hunting accident. It wasn't until Charlie found himself in a jail cell for his petty crimes that he learned the truth. Matt Rizzo was blinded by a shotgun blast to the face while working for the mob. That will do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just a teenager and newly blind, he began his bleak new life at Statesville Prison. It was there that his life and very soul were saved by one of notorious by one of America's most notorious killers, Nathan Leopold of the infamous Leopold and Loeb duo. Oh my God, Leopold I, and Loeb. Yeah, when they took over uh, Lost, it just went downhill. Like, 
uh, yada, yada, yada. This is a biography. I believe this is based on a true story. Uh, and it just sounded great. Like tr- true American crime, like wow. turn of the, like a uh, twenties and thirties era, uh, American mob crime stuff. I'm into it. I For love a second, it. Second, They put out great shit, man. They really do. Um, to this day, I remember with vivid detail, my history teacher describing the crimes of Leopold and Loeb. Uh, if you do not know, I don't. Uh, they were like obsessed with the idea of committing the perfect crime. Okay. Uh, and all I really remember about what they did was that they had a guy and they caved in his skull with a ball peen hammer. That doesn't sound like the perfect crime to me. Well, obviously they got caught. That sounds like murder. <laughs> but like just the way that my my history teacher told the story, it has stuck with me for twenty five years. Gross. Uh, Leopold and Loeb. I love true American crime, especially from like gangster times. Oh yeah, I love it. Gangster shit. Gangster shit. So uh, there's our picks for next week, kids. But we want to know what you nerds are excited for. Hit us up on any or all of our social media platforms at the same time and tell us what you think we should be reading and reviewing. We love to hear this crap. It is time for Cover to Cover, where you nerds seize the controls of the podcast, and it's as easy as calling us at 402-819-4894 every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 Central Standard Time. You can talk about anything in the news. You can completely derail the show altogether, or you can answer the question of the week. Speaking of which, Joey, what was that question? This question of the week is an oldie from Cat Nerd, our buddy Jim who posted on the forums long ago, quote, Imagine each of the major comics companies could only have one artist to draw their entire line of books. That's preposterous. Skip the part where this is physically and psychologically impossible. Okay. Unless, of course, you're Jack Kirby. Sure. Who is your pick for the artist for Marvel, DC, Image, Valiant, and Dark Horse? Love it. In other words, which one artist embodies any or each of these comic book universes for you. So that's our question set. But Joey, before we start this massive multiplayer online orgy, we better talk about Whoa. this week's big news! Nerd news! Big nerd, nerd news. news. There's no big, <laughs> big nerd news. But nerd news. <laughs> Deadpool actor Ed... Scrine. I never want to be known as a Deadpool actor, I don't think. He's a Deadpool actor. <laughs> you know, like. He has stepped down from the role as Captain Ben Daimyo in the upcoming Hellboy reboot film following accusations of Hollywood whitewashing. I've never heard of such a thing. I know. News of Scrine's casting was only just announced last week, prompting a quick response from fans that pointed out, hey, you guys, the character is Japanese American, yeah. not white British. See, that's funny. I thought Daimyo was like a Polish name. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, this, of course, is from the BPRD comics, where he had a major role for many years. Right. Uh, Scrine released a statement saying, quote, Last week it was announced that I would be playing Major Ben Daimyo in the upcoming Hellboy reboot. I accepted the role unaware that the character in the original comics was mixed Asian heritage. There has been intense... Conversation and understandable upset since that announcement. These are his words. And I must do what I feel is right. He's stepping down. That's what That's I just great. said. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, he came out and said, no, I'm not doing this. It's right. stupid. And he was like, uh, the statement goes on. He's like, hey, guys, do better. You can't yeah. just, like, erase people's cultural identities. Right. Uh, Otherwise, change a character's name. 
Make him a British guy. Just change no, it all together. No, if you're going to use the character, make the character. No, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to use the character, make character. Otherwise, uh, do a totally a, different Invent character. a character out of whole cloth like from the first Hellboy exactly. movie. Exactly, yeah. That sappy baby face boy from the first Hellboy movie. Yeah, exactly. Who I've, I totally forgot about God, until just him. now. I hate him. Hellboy creator Mike <laughs> Mignola tweeted following Scryan's announcement saying, Thank you, Ed. Very nicely done. He obviously had nothing to do with the casting. Yeah. Wasn't too happy about it. In response, Lionsgate, the studio producing the Hellboy film, released a statement of their own saying, quote, Ed came to us and felt very strongly about this. We fully support his unselfish decision. It was not our intent to be insensitive to issues of authenticity and ethnicity, and we will look to recast the part with an actor more consistent with the character and the source material. The whole thing reads like, uh, nobody knew he was Japanese. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. Because uh, <laughs> you, know, like, you know these Lionsgate guys are not reading the comics. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> They're not. This is one instance where I will actually believe that Hollywood yeah. is totally ignorant yes. of the idea. They're like... Or like they... they they read a description of the character, like in a in a in a log sheet, right? right? And this like, is not casting Captain Ma- Damon. Matt Damon in the story of the Great Wall, or yeah, right. Tom Cruise as the Last or, Samurai, uh, Scarlett know? Johansson and Ghost in the Shell, right? No, this nobody is not that at all. doesn't know that Ghost in the Shell is an anime. <laughs> <Right>. Nobody. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so this is just like, oh, Daimyo, he's the captain. Okay, uh, this guy's popular. Let's cast him. Right. However, you guys do your damn due diligence, will yeah. you? It worries me a little bit about this remake, but for once, we get to report on Hollywood doing something right. Well, and it's nice. I, I like, I'm not really a fan of this actor. Like, <laughs> he was okay in the Deadpool movie as Francis, uh, the, the villain in yeah. Deadpool. Um, but where I first saw him was in the reboot of The Transporter. I didn't see it. Why did you watch it? I that? didn't see it. <laughs> but the commercials were saturating everything at the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, Dad, my dad, dad. It's like, oh, God, that guy's you're, awful. You're saying he's no Jason Statham. He's no Jason Statham. <laughs> but huge props to Ed Skrine for making that call. Joe, it's time to play internet nerd lawyer, we'll call it. Yes. Let's talk about a Bumblebee dispute. According to Variety, Hasbro has filed a trademark lawsuit against Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment over the usage of the character name Bumblebee. The lawsuit stems from DC's character Bumblebee, a shrinking superhero with a bee theme. Yeah, she's like the wasp. She's recently appeared in DC's Superhero Girls franchise. Hasbro contends DC's Bumblebee can too easily be confused with their Transformer character Bumblebee, who can switch forms between a giant robot and a yellow car. Just like a real human girl that can change into a bee. So Hasbro basically wants to block the sale of Bumblebee toys from their DC Superhero Girls line, which it contends will interfere with sales of Bumblebee you have Transformer got to toys. be kidding me. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to get into the whole little boys playing with little girl toys, whatever. Play with whatever you want. Oh, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's no. Like, who stands in the toy aisle and goes, yes. wait a minute. That character's named Bumblebee? Like, like, oh, shit. And that character's named Bumblebee? <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Wait look, a minute. Look, I never saw the Transformers movie, but I'm pretty sure it was a little hey, girl. Hey, I bought my kid this little girl. I bought my kid this little Bumblebee girl, and she doesn't turn into a car. What's up with that? Right. It's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, more to the point is that DC is totally ripping off the Wasp with a character. And Marvel's not like, screw you, you can't do that. Okay, but, <laughs> like, all of this is sort of besides the point to me, because DC's Bumblebee has been around since 1977. Yeah. She's a long-time existing character from the Teen Titans. Yes. And, ironically, 
uh, Bumblebee the Transformer was created by Marvel Comics. Yes. In the early 80s because... When uh, Hasbro brought Transformers to America, right. they hired Marvel to like create American backstories. Mm-hmm. And so all that stuff that we know about Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and Cybertron and all that shit. That's all Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics created it. Yeah, which Bob, is awesome. Bob Budiansky, who was an editor at the time. Great name. Budiansky. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the idea that... Well, okay, this this directly ties into our first story because this is a group of lawyers not having any idea what's going on and just writing up drafts. See, and the- Because you know they do that. First, they just go cease and desist. Here's a bunch of legalese. Yeah, Bumblebee. Be oh, scared. hell no. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And they go like, nope, foot in the sand. You know, line in the sand. You can do not cross this. Right. And then we'll go to court and go, oh, oh. Uh, well. Yeah, Your Honor, I guess this is kind of ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> there is an argument to be made that you, like- these major companies have to fiercely protect their IPs. Sure, sure. And I get it to an extent, but... You, but no, I'm sorry. I don't get it. Not here. You cannot tell me that anyone is going to confuse robot in disguise with girl that shrinks. No one in their right mind, a blind person, is going to feel these toys and go, these are very different. (laughs) Like, did they go to Volkswagen and try to bar them from selling the VW Bug? Because they were like... he's not a bug anymore, though. I know, he's like a Camaro or yeah, something. Yeah, he's something sexy. Dumb. That's so stupid. Look, Bumblebee should not be cool. No. He's cool because he's a dork. Right. And he, ah. ha- and he hangs out with underage kids, you know? Michael Bay strikes again. Good God. Well, here's some good news. Scott Snyder has pledged the salary he received from DC Comics for scripting the upcoming Dark Knights Metal issue 2 to the Red Cross for disaster relief in Texas. I'm going to say it was south of a million dollars. <laughs> well, I mean, probably. No, I'm just saying. What? <laughs> Makes Trump a much better guy than Scott Snyder. That's all I'm saying. Except it's all coming right. out now that Trump's not actually <laughs> donating his own money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, of course, to help with relief efforts in the wake of Hurricane Harvey, uh, which has caused catastrophic flooding in the Houston area. Snyder announced his intentions intentions over Twitter, saying, quote, with Dark Knight's Metal Issue 2, I'll be donating what I was paid to script the issue to the American Red Cross for Harvey Relief. If you're picking up the issue, please give what you can. Uh, And I think it's really cool. I love it when comic creators do stuff like this. And this is not the first time that a comic creator has pledged his salary for a particular piece of work to a charitable cause. And they definitely need it. Well, and a bunch of creators are doing stuff like this. On Twitter, a bunch of them were doing sketches for relief, and yeah. a bunch of comic shops are doing like that round up your purchase or whatever, and we'll send all the rest for it. The nerd community has really come together, and they're always good about this. Yeah. Always really good about this. Houston is profoundly screwed right now, and they're going to be for probably years. And we're doing our own little part, aren't we? We are, yeah. Uh, so last week, uh, you may have. Uh, heard Matt uh, kind of insert an editor's note into the episode saying that we were uh, dedicating the ludicrous speed round to the people down in Houston and the ludicrous speed round. Yeah. Yeah. To the people down in Houston. Yeah. We do it every week. And <laughs> what's wrong with you? Well, it was just, it was weird. The, the, the idea of donating a specific segment it just <laughs> caught me off guard. Um, and that we would be, Giving 100% of every donation made to Two Headed Nerd on PayPal in the next seven days uh, straight to the Red Cross. Yeah. 100%. I'm even going to kick in the PayPal fees, uh, which are meager, so it's not even an issue. And so I added on to that. I said to Matt, look, what if we say that everybody that donates at least $10 gets a sticker? 
Yes, awesome, great. And then I thought, you know what? I don't have enough going on in and my day to day life. Got drunk? <laughs> no, this I did not get drunk. This happened when I was stone cold sober at work, and I was thinking about it. And so I decided to add on. Uh, so for THN's meager fundraiser, doing what we can. Uh, if you donate at least $10 to the Two-Headed Nerd PayPal between now and next Friday, uh, whatever day that is, the 8th, yes, at midnight, uh, you will get a sticker. If you've already got a sticker, we'll send you another one. If you haven't gotten a sticker yet because we keep putting off mailing our not Patreon we, rewards. Not we. You. I sent you the damn document. <laughs> you said don't do anything with it yet. I've got to edit it. That's true. <laughs> I, did, I did do that. Uh, we'll send you another sticker. If you donate at least twenty-five dollars uh, to the two-headed nerd PayPal uh, by Friday at midnight, I will send you a black and white headshot sketch of the comic book character of your choosing. It goes up from there too. There's yeah. multiple tiers. Uh, Fifty bucks, the headshot will be in color. A hundred bucks, it's going to be full figure, full color, full frontal. No. Yeah. Uh, hey, hundred so, bucks, I get whatever I want. Okay. Whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Uh, so w- we want to help out. We're broke, uh, but we do have things to offer uh, to make it uh, easier for you guys to donate. And uh, if you want to do that, send your money to 2 nerd at gmail.com via PayPal. If you meet those tiers. This is not a scam. We're nice guys. No, 100%. I'll send you a receipt. Like a- Absolutely. But please help us. Help these people. They desperately need it. And you don't and even need to do it through us. Just donate anywhere you oh, can. Oh, yeah, honestly, like, anywhere. if you don't want to donate through THN, please donate to the relief the effort of your choice. The whole thing sounds shady, and I don't even know what Joe's doing Because with that this, will so. definitely save me some work. <laughs> but, yeah, please consider it. You have until Friday at midnight. Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's so, do something good. So there it is, nerds. You've got your question. You've got your news. Joe, open the phone line! Is the phone line even open? It's open. I turned it on. It's open. I don't scream that unless I'm opening this crap. The phone lines are open. The phone lines are open. In the meantime, let's play one of our voicemails while we wait. Ladies and gentlemen, the long lost. Thunder from down under. Mr. Cleon Source. Missed this guy. G'day, gents. It's the Thunder from down under. Emailing in for the question. Wait, no shit. You're cover to cover now. Emailing in for cover to cover. Um, this was a really, really cool question. Um, I'm going to go with Marvel first, if I have the time, and because uh, Marvel is kind of my superhero universe. And I could just as easily go with, you know, someone like Jack Kirby or Steve Ditko or even someone like John Byrne who kind of defined the original aesthetics for these characters. But I thought, let's think about who, which modern kind of artist captures the essence of these these universes and I think for Marvel will be my boy Chris Samney I think he kind of captures the 60s aesthetic of all of those Marvel characters but brings it up to the clean you know minimalist modern sensibilities so I think Chris Samney and you know let's just say if we could choose a colorist as well if my boy Matt Wilson could could color it as well I think that would be Marvel to a T DC is a little bit trickier I'm still kind of you know getting into all of these classic DC runs, reading Starman right now. Um, but thinking about which DC artist I think about every time I do think about the DC universe, I would say Frank Quietly, um, just because All-Star Superman is one of my all-star, you know, all-star favourite comics. Um, yeah, I reckon Frank Quietly would be amazing, though realistically that would be virtually impossible because um, dude can probably draw like two to three issues a year. 
Alright, thanks guys. I'm so glad to kind of finally send an answer in after like a million years, but um, my throat was bitten off by a crocodile. So, yeah, catch ya. <laughs> what was I don't know, I missed it because we were talking over it. I'm just going to assume it was in his, his swimsuit area. Yeah, yeah, his bathing suit parts. <laughs> Good lord, man. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Theon, Look. I mean Cleon. <laughs> Get, Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Right. Game of Thrones joke. <laughs> I would watch uh, a read, anything Chris Samney drew. Yeah, you know, Chris Chris Samney is such a good answer for Marvel that I'm jealous I didn't think of it. Yeah. And now that he has brought up Chris Samney, I forget what my pick for Marvel was. I forget. I, I have no idea who I had chosen. Yeah, I almost want just Chris Somney to do it. Yeah, I, I, and I, so I think I'm going for it. Chris Somney is my pick as well for I, Marvel. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. That would not bother me at all. Oh, here we go. Let's get into it. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It's D. What up, D? How's it going, guys? Good. Doing Real good. good. I just turned on my night shift instead of my uh, do not disturb. Let me turn this off. There we go. What do you want to rap about today, buddy? Uh, have you guys watched the Batman and Harley Quinn movie yet? No. It just came out this week, right? Yeah. I haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, it did. And? Um, I know that there's a sex scene between Nightwing and Harley Quinn. What? Why do they keep doing this? Are you serious? Because ladies love dick. Good God. Bruce Tim is having a lot of fun making the characters have sex with each other. He just has like a bunch of Batman toys and just. Put them together. Yeah, That's right. what doing. I love Bruce Tim. No, Bruce Tim is a dirty bird, though. Very talented he definitely guy. is. He's a pervert. Yeah, he's like, kind of a. If you like go to his, he's like, all about his like art page. Sexy pinup type stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Yep. Topless pinup Lots stuff, bent over pinup stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all over the place. Uh, yep. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Mount Hebrews uh, is in the midst of writing a written review for the website. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he thought. I haven't really checked in on the, any of the DC animated films in quite a while. The last one I watched was the Batman Suicide Squad one, and it sucked. It sucked. What? It sucked. I loved it. Did you? I yeah, I've it. heard that the people I liked, loved it. really liked Batman it. Batman was like cussing and stuff. I like it's just I loved it. I, that's not. For it was me. based on a video game. Yeah, I know. And that's, a, oh, like Arkham, uh, like Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah, the Arkham games. Yeah, which another continuity that I don't particularly care for. Hey, but so you know what? Do it do I, but it was uh, cool to watch. Yeah, like the animation it was better was than good. the Suicide Squad movie. The animation was good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It was definitely better than the movie. Uh, <laughs> that's not, not saying a lot. A high watermark. <laughs> no, it's not. not a high watermark. <laughs> so, what did you think of Batman Harley Quinn? I actually, I liked it. It started off a little weak. The voice acting was a little wishy-washy at first. Okay. But uh, it, it, it took a while to find out what it was. It's satire mixed in with a little bit of seriousness at the same time. Yeah. So it has a little bit of that drama and suspense out of it, but it's full-on slapstick comedy, like, coming and going throughout the movie, you know, because it's had Holly Quinn inside of it, so it has to be. Now, sure. is it... I liked, I liked it. Is it, is it um, like, the the... Bruce Tim Harley Quinn with the is, with the it bangles is the same costume. Yeah, on her head. Yep. Okay. Bangles? Oh yeah. Is that what you call it? I don't know the jingle jangle the, jangles. <laughs> like, she wears like, a costume for a new fifty two, maybe for maybe five minutes because she works at a at a diner wearing that costume, but she switches it up to like the the Paul Dini classic costume. Oh, nice. So it's very for the rest of the movie. Yeah. It, it, know, it knows what it is quite a bit, and Batman plays off knowing what it is quite a bit. And it goes to the – talk about the kids screaming. That's but it right. goes to the uh, – <laughs> he's just going nothing. Yeah, I can tell. 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We will, we will check it out. I'll, I'll give it a watch. Please do. I will. Please watch it. I just haven't done it yet. And My knee-jerk reaction is, oh, Harley Quinn. No. <laughs> Sorry. I thought that too. That's the first thing that popped into my head. Like, oh my god, there's Harley Quinn. This is gonna be crap. But yeah. it, it had a lot of uh, Adam West Batman essence inside of it too. That's fun. And it played off it in a fun way. Yeah, you know, I I dug it. I I, I like it when like Matt Matt violently hates Harley Quinn. Yeah, I just and I never, totally I get I've it. Never cared about the character ever. I don't have I was, that same I was reaction. Like Ten when I first met her, so I liked her. Sure Fair enough. I don't have that same reaction, but I hate what I hate is when they take Harley Quinn so fucking seriously. Yeah, because yeah. she's obviously a ridiculous character. Yeah, and so like yeah. if if they're hearkening back to like the animated series attitude, of a bit they are. Yeah, and then, like you since you say that, I want to like not a spoiler, but a character realization. Okay, they they kept they give her her own personal identity. They show you like why she is the way she is and how she's uh, matured and grown since she's been the Joker slap toy. That could be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. They, like, they moved, they moved her away from that and give her her own personal identity. Like, so she's in the same caliber as say Nightwing or Robin or Batgirl. She's not Batman status, but she's, she's in like the whole, I'm done being a sidekick to Batman or right. Joker. Right, right. Okay. She's uh, kind of coming out of the shadow of her, okay. of uh, of the Joker. Slap toy was my exactly. nickname in high school, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> Matt Slap toy. You, you've convinced me, D. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, I appreciate the insight. But yeah, normally, like, I, I do tend to avoid Harley Quinn stuff, not because I, I just don't care about her, but mm -hmm. I do love I do love Bruce Timm. Yeah. So pretty Ditto. pervert yeah. and all, you know. All <laughs> right, bless his pervy <laughs> little heart. I, I did not shut up about the DPAU, so no, I get it. Yeah. All right, D. Thanks for your call, buddy. We'll talk to you yeah. soon. Hey, great Take job! Great job last night with the book club. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was super fun to That's watch hilarious. it unfold. Well, not too bad. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, the the kinks will get worked out. Everybody is going to send in their MP3s. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's going to be great. I hope you guys play it or at least make one episode about it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I, it's like I, I mentioned uh, to, to Jimmy, uh, he's going to edit that down to like a 10-minute thing. Yeah. And I thought that we'd put the first one on the show. And, and then it'll be a Patreon. And thing. then we'll do the rest of them on Patreon. And yeah. then you don't, have to, you don't have to worry about the links. I love it. So... Jimmy's the, Jimmy's the best, isn't he? I'll tell you what. He's a good dude. He does the work we don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do me a favor. Spank that uh, kid and tell him I said me. hey. Oh, I'll just shake him off a couple of times. Don't yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Shake, always <laughs> shake a baby. Talk to you later, dude. <laughs> Bye. Later, guys. Parenting advice. That's how. That's the, the two-headed That's nerd. the slogan, right? Always shake a always baby. Always shake your baby. Yeah. yeah Spanking is out. Shaking. That's where we're at now. Let's go across the pond. Stately Lord Fungus. We love this guy, Surrey and Kelly. He lets us use his music, despite us dragging it through the mud every week. Live from the east wing of Mushroom Manor, this is Stately Lord Fungus. <laughs> also, the New York Times bestseller, Shave My Beard and Call Me Susan. And I'm emailing the show with my thoughts on the question of the week. Lads, I'm a proper slag for Brian Bolland, to be fair. Don't know His work means. on Judge Dredd, Judge Death, proper. The Invisibles, and the iconic killing joke could mark him as the absolute best in class, without mentioning his other DC works, such as Legends of the Dark Knight and the amazing cover art for Wonder Woman 97, which saw the lady herself suffer the Joker treatment. 
Other topics for discussion this week, uh, I've caught up on Death Note, and it was really good for about 60 minutes and then really, really awful for about the last 40. <laughs> the soundtrack is extremely suspect, and I'm not sure you thought this would be better suited as a movie and not a six-part show. Yeah. It was not great at all. No. The Defenders was, for the most part, a great show. Yeah, Iron Fist is not 100% there yet, but Finn Jones must be wondering what he has to do to get the internerds off his back at this point. I just say let the show be the show and let's see how it plays out. Speaking of which, it was a strange show for you guys last week. There's been some chatter about the orca and the appropriate nature of the content, and my input is this. One year ago, the show was nothing like it is today. Yeah, it's, it was good, but the way it's put together now is fantastic. Is every segment for me? No, but then it's almost impossible to please everyone. Personally, the orca does what he does really well, and it's pure, satirical, silly fun. I get the joke even if the delivery is a bit much for other listeners. I say, let the show spread like jam on a warm buttock. Sure, there'll be bumps and lumps and sticky-out bits, but that's how THN grows. I'd love to hear more diverse, diverse voices, male and female, and I hope that the format is flexible enough to allow this. There'll be people who don't like the sound of my voice each week, and that's very groovy. But to ensure that we have a show to call in, then it's important to remember that it's our little corner of the nerd kingdom and it's down to us to make it as welcoming and safe for any listener no matter their understanding of the business we all love so passionately in short i'll repeat what i said on twitter after last week's show if it's dark then be a fucking candle just don't be more darkness right this thing isn't going to suck itself which by the way is the name of my new album available from all good drugstores in the autumn Peace, love, and fungus. <laughs> Stanley Lord Fungus, the most profoundly British listener we have. Yeah, I mean, we've had... Man, I love that guy. We've <laughs> had, and I hope still have, other British listeners out there. Uh, Chris, the British guy, Pip-Pip. Yeah, miss uh, that, Yeah. Um, but uh, Lord Fungus really leans into it, and I appreciate it. <laughs> he really does. He's um, right. Uh, Death Note was bad. Death Note was just I bad. I don't, like... I've I, never even seen the anime, the so I care wonderful. even less about the I American really, version. I really enjoyed the anime. I don't understand this need to convert anime into live action. I don't get it. Right. It, it just makes no sense. Which, you could say, well, they make comic book movies all the time. But the thing of it is, these animes are, are come from books. They're manga adaptations. And like Death Note, I don't even know how many chapters there are of it. It's ridiculous. There are phone book size, you know, chapters of these stories. Yeah. And Netflix tried to condense it into one two and a half hour movie. And man, it did not work. Not to mention, there's already a live action Japanese movie that wasn't bad. I would still argue it wasn't enough and it didn't cover the story, but it wasn't bad. Why not just put that on Netflix? Save your damn money, you know? <laughs> and uh, it was bad. I have no plan. I have no plans to watch it. All right. Thank you, you Lord you Fungus. Don't need to. Thank you, Lord Fungus. Good to hear from you. Thank you for calling THN. Cover to cover. Caller. Who this? This is Aura, man. What up, Aura? Aura. What's happening, brother? Aura, How are Aura you? Mac Williams? <laughs> Good fucking morning, is right. Absolutely. You're not usually up this early. What rolled you out of the rack? This, no, I just I got a morning class this semester and it's gonna kill me. I'm certain of it. Brutal bummer. No good. Yeah. What do you want to rap about? Oh, uh, man, I want to talk about lenticular covers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't report this, uh, 
So Marvel is doing a bunch of lenticular covers for Marvel Legacy. Yes. And they are making the requirements for retailers to get them cost prohibitive, to put it politely. <laughs> and uh, a lot of retailers are not having it. So lenticular, for those of you who don't know, that's when you look at the cover from one side and you see one image and you move it and the image changes. Right. Remember that shit yeah, it's, back in the day? Yeah, it's, Stupid. It's got that sort of rough, <laughs> rough texture to yeah, it. DC, DC is doing DC it too. Did it, uh, DC did it with um, Villains Month or whatever. But they're doing it again. They're like, I just saw an image of Rorschach, and when you like moved it. Oh, that's but that's like one variant cover to oh, one comic. One? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. What are your thoughts on lenticular uh, covers, Omega? Well, DC is also like. I mean, they're sprinkling it around. It's not just the one. It's also oh, like action it? comics yeah. has something to. It's all going to yeah, tie into the uh, to the Watchmen stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Watchmen stuff. Yeah, DC's also you know doing foil covers, which Marvel hasn't ventured to yet, right? Ugh. But you know, I uh, haven't I haven't seen a physical copy of a of a comic book in uh, an upsetting length of time. Was DC was Metal Number One actually like covered in metal? Uh, it, it, it was foil stamp. Like yeah. Foil stamp cover. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Old school, baby. <laughs> 1991 all over again. I know guys, the, the dream of the nineties is alive and well and in, in, in comics, right? Oh, I can't wait for pogs to come uh, back. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, uh, pogs. Yes. Uh, well, no, we were, uh, we were talking about how to order, order the, the stuff down here in Lawrence. We were trying to figure out how to, cause the what you have to do for the Marvel ones, you don't you don't have to do for the DC ones. Uh, the DC ones are freely orderable, but the the Marvel ones are like you know one hundred and fifty percent of some random issue six yep. months ago. Oh, they're doing or, that crap. Marvel has yeah. da- has been doing that for years. Oh, so it's like and, and so basically, know, when you order a hundred and fifty percent of you know. Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl number nine, you are allowed to order X amount of copies of Lenticular cover, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's always a comic and that's in the middle of a story. It has nothing to do with it. They're just trying to up sales on something. No, they they usually do it for like, um, well, no, they're doing it for all the Marvel Legacy first issues. Right, but you have to order other books to get right, those. But, right, but the, no, 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 no. You have to match orders. Oh, Yeah, okay. so yeah. like- you have to so for Captain America six ninety five right for example I don't I don't, I haven't looked this up but it would be it's, something it's, like it's Steve Rogers number nineteen yeah there okay. you go which which is not just a random issue Steve Rogers nineteen has something like is it Secret Empire related or but but here's here's been the doubly fun of this is since they changed the names of the titles on a lot of these books. Like the the uh, diamond ordering software didn't recognize that it was the same title. <laughs> oh god! So it wasn't showing you that previous issue, and some of them went so far back that you couldn't scroll to see how far back, like back you ordered. Right. And we, our diamond rep was fucking terrible about this because we called him and we're like, "Hey, could you give us a hand with this?" And he was, and I swear to God, he did this. He sent us an email. With a with a link to a calculator app. Oh my god! Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like this. Is, this isn't the information we needed. We uh, needed to know how many fucking Deadpool's we ordered. These are the helpful the, sentient not, apes at uh, <laughs> Diamond Comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And oh, so uh, we, I mean, because we were trying to, like, we're the, the the shop I'm working at right now is a teeny tiny shop. Like, we order like two and three copies of things. So we could. Well, give your shop a shout jump. out. What's it called? Give your shop a shout out. I'm uh, no, they don't pay. He doesn't. He doesn't pay for. Uh, he doesn't pay for sponsorship on our show, so I don't shout him out. Oh, yet, screw but, that guy then. <laughs> but uh, once, once I told him, once he gets sponsorship, I'll start pretending to work for him. I love so, it. So um, Omac, don't do no church work. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the, uh, but but we've been ordering like one and two copies of things, so we could actually legitimately jump on this variant thing really easily because it's just like one extra copy for right. itself. But it was like we don't know, you know. Again, Deadpool like changed its name to Despicable Deadpool, so that right. you didn't have any previous ordering information right. anywhere easy to get to. So yeah, Sam Wilson, and, Captain America's M is ending. So I mean, like, what what do you even do? It's so ridiculous. Exactly, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, this is a, a a fundamental failing in the diamond uh, point of sale system. Well, this is also Marvel coming to him and going, "Hey, yeah. yeah, just do that thing where we match sales and whatever." And Diamond goes, "Yeah, okay, well, and <laughs> we'll figure me, that out." <laughs> well, to me, the interesting thing has been how the retailers have reacted because there have been, you know, really loud voices on on sort of the comics internet, like saying, "We're not." we're not dealing with Marvel shenanigans now. Yeah. Right. Like this is ridiculous. And I mean, if you have a mid or a large shop, I mean, like I said, we're ordering one and two shelf copies so we can take advantage of this. Right. But, but if you like, normally order 25 to 50, that's totally different yeah. when all of a sudden you have to order 150 yeah. of them or something. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And it, and it, yeah, it, you know, it can get real ridiculous real fast for, I mean, like my comic shop tapped out, mycomicshop.com tapped out on it, and I can understand why, you know. Totally. Because they're yeah. talking about thousands of copies. Huge mail order that are just gonna, Yeah. Yep. You know what Marvel yeah, can do? So. Real, real simple. 100% returnability. Go ahead. If you're going to pull this shit, then make it returnable if it doesn't like, sell. I, I think you, you would not hear a peep out of anybody if they just did what DC did and said, order what you want. Yeah. Order yep, what you want. Exactly. For the villains for the well, villains month lenticulars, they said, "Yeah, you can order what you want, but you have to order them 3 months in advance." Yeah. Uh, not just not just like previews in advance, like 2 months ahead of even that. Right. Because it takes forever to make the dang things. Right. And we need to know exactly how many to make. So stupid. Do you, do you uh, have you still been doing the comic speculator stuff, Matt? No, no, not for a while now. Okay. Okay. Cuz I was I was wondering how that how that sort of played out on that end of it cuz since you have You're not hundreds gonna, of retailers not ordering this. We're not going to know until know? they actually start sprinkling out at this type of thing. And, yeah. of course, the eBay villains that sell crap on there are going to have them up for... And if they think they didn't get ordered and they're not out there, then they're going to be like, oh, yeah. man, there's just a million dollars. Buy it now. One, or, or best one offer. One million you know? dollars. <laughs> and then you can't see that the best offer was six bucks that it went for, you know? I mean, it's just... It'll be dumb. Exactly. It's going to be yeah. dumb. And then, you know what? They're going to be sitting on a pile of these comics and all of a sudden they're going to send them out oh or offered again a huge stack of lenticular covers of whatever for free you know oh man exactly what they're gonna do thank too, you for yeah. riling us up we got another call coming in here buddy but it's always good to talk to you hey hey fantastic chatting with you boys talk love you, you bud thank you for calling thn cover to cover caller who this brian domingos 
Brian Domingos. He set an alert on his phone <laughs> so that he wouldn't well, miss it. I did. I did. I forgot. I, I missed toots one week. Oh man. Um, I missed my my question of the week last week because I'm I'm busy, guys. You were busy, busy lording over the forums. You're he's the king of the forums. You got a you got a busy schedule. Yeah, you need to delegate. Yeah, I know, and I do errands on Saturday, so that's what happens. Okay. But uh, what's going on, guys? We're just chilling. We were talking about lenticular covers at Marvel and DC, how Marvel's being a jerk about selling them. We were talking about Batman and Harley Quinn that just came out this week. We were talking about... Death Note. Death Note. Oh, man. We've been getting into it. Lots of different topics. Well, I'm, I'm, in like, I'm in like a weird two-headed nerd time warp because I've been driving and I'm listening to last week's episode okay. like right now. So, um, so it's kind of weird. So, Matt, uh, Matt, you really need to calm down about all the... The Warner Brothers DC movies, <laughs> you know, like you're ranting and raving about who is this and what continuity. Who cares? It really doesn't matter. Fair. I okay. mean, come on. You know what? It doesn't. This week, that is a refreshing thing to matter. hear someone say. Honestly, I'm just saying, I say that to you all the time. Yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, but Joe, Joe was like, yeah, he, Joe was like, who cares? And you're like, no, everyone cares. He doesn't. But listen they were to talking me. about DiCaprio as the Joker. Yeah, and, um, okay. Never but, happened. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. He and Scorsese seem I to mean, only make movies I'm together. In. So. Yeah, but Scorsese's Do not it. directing it. Scorsese's it. he's got a production credit. Oh, look. Oh, you think the guy from The Hangover is calling the shots? I, I no. will say there is no way. I, I'll nerd bet right now. No way to get DiCaprio to play the Joker. I'm just saying, because, I mean, you get Junior... Um, Nicholson to, to do Joker again. So I say, <laughs> sure, let's do it. Yeah. And if it has any, I don't know. I mean, there's 18 different versions of Joker in the comics. It doesn't, it's all in, it's all the same. Well, you know who, it's whatever. You know you who know? else is mad about this? It's not just Matt Bomb. You know who else is pissed? Jared fucking Leto is pissed. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> It makes me so happy that Jared Leto w- woke woke up uh, like on yeah. Saturday morning and he picked up his copy yeah. of Variety. No, just like Trump, he's going he's through like, Twitter and he's like, "What the Whoa. fuck? <laughs> you, what? You guys, you guys have have an unbelievably astounding lack of respect for Colombian drug lord Joker." <laughs> in, uh, in Jared Leto. Uh, Look, I I'll tell you what. Was- I'm going to tell you what, Brian. I would. I would gladly sit through a trilogy of Leonardo DiCaprio Joker movies if oh, it meant sure. that I didn't have to look at Jared Leto's stupid tattooed yeah. face ever again Damn it. wearing that makeup. I, I, <laughs> I hate the tattoos, but I loved the style of it. I thought it was like, I don't know, it was a new kind of cool thing. <laughs> Columbia the, the face tattoos are Joker. <laughs> He was. He was like, what? Yeah. I it mean, was very say hello to my again. little friend. Definitely. It was- <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Exactly. And it was a different take. You know, you get the old gangster, you get like the anarchist, and now you got like the, you know, the Chicano, like, you know, Joker. So I, I mean, I, I, I admit, I, like Jared Leto chewed up scenery like nobody's business in that role. I mean, I'll give you that. But you heard what he did, right? He's a method actor, right? Yeah. So he walked around acting like yeah. the Joker on set. He was like <laughs> sending dead rats and used condoms to his castmates. It's like this guy he, he sent that he sent that to Will Smith like the biggest actor on the planet. And yeah. So he's got some he's got some big balls. I think that's worth something. So I'm just so. saying, you know, I mean, I loved in in Fight Club when he got his face pounded in. That was my favorite part. But, I love Jared Leto. Um, I think he's, he's a fantastic actor but, in a really shitty band. But I think he's very talented. Look. And when he dresses up like a woman, he's hot as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> that butt in Dallas really nice Buyers legs, Club. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> you know? got, I'll say this for him. He, he owns nice it. Legs. Oh, yeah. He, he's a great actor. Oh, yeah. No. He's a great actor. I just did not care for that Joker at, at all. 
So you're you're you are signed up for the Harley and Joker movie. You're welcome. Oh, I'll be you're first welcome. in line. Thank you, thank Don't you. worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody's got to stand up and boo and give thumbs down. You know. <laughs> oh come on. Oh, she, boy. she was she was the best part of that movie, which is kind of sad. But no, she was uh, actually. I thought that I thought that she did a great job, Margot Robbie, in the in Suicide Squad movie. She did a great job as as a character. I don't care about. I, I hated it. I just hated it. I don't. We know that you hated it. I'm not it, giving anybody credit. You say for it every episode. I'm not we giving know. anybody any credit for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we got to yeah, move on. Thank you yeah, for your no, call, okay. buddy. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, uh, thanks for everything, and uh, thanks for participating last night in the book club. It was a great time. Get your damn errands done. Oh. All right, I'm not going to tell you again. Uh, I, okay. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> so let's check a voicemail here. Oh, oh, oh. Guess who? We I, haven't heard from him for a little while. I know who. Ladies and gentlemen. It's mystery husband. Hey, honey, it's me. I just wanted to uh, share a couple things with you that I've been thinking about. Uh, some artists that have just been going through my head. If mainly, like if uh, only one person could draw Valiant, I think it'd be Doug Braithwaite. Uh, Marvel would Fine be Chris Romney. DC, Frank Quietly. Uh, the wow. best joke origin in a movie format already exists. It's The Dark Knight because. He shouldn't have an origin, and yes, I agree. he hits all the right points with not or alluding to possible things. Uh, but the real thing I wanted to just touch on was in regard to bad habits. I'm really good, like a lot of people, at buying comics, not reading them. A couple of years ago, I realized I had quite a backlog, and I was inspired by uh, Doug Benson, who he was trying to watch 365 movies in a year now. I don't have that kind of time. But I do have a lot of comics, so I decided to try reading 365 comics in a year. That's a great idea. Uh, and they had to be ones I already bought, and they had to be ones that I did, didn't come out. Of, they weren't current comics. They were stuff that I already had purchased at some point. Um, so I'm on year three of this challenge. Uh, I've done two years successfully, and I'm working through stuff, provided I'm not buying additional things. Um, so, yeah. That's all I got. Hopefully you can play this. I know you've been pretty busy lately. Um, but yeah, I'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Love you too, mystery husband. That is a, uh, that's a blog, man. 365 comics a year. Sure. Here's your title. Yeah. You know, I was, I, when he said that 365 comics a year, I was like, that's it. But then I thought about it with as busy as we are. Yeah. How often do you read more than the five or six books you've committed to read for the show? Um, Every week now, I've been ca- because I've told like I talked about last week. I like pick one book and I'm catching up on it. I try like Sunday. I try to sure you know, but like most of the time, like I am lucky if I can get my five or six books read. I have only and read if you five multiply books if you multiply that by fifty two weeks, yeah, that's less than three hundred and sixty five yeah. comics. So mystery husband, kudos to you. Mystery I would husband. read that blog. Three hundred sixty five comics a year. I would read that blog too. We will host it on twoheadednerd.com if you write that, but. You cannot know your name. I no, no. have to remain mystery husband. Uh, look. <laughs> All right. It's part of the magic. I love him I, so much. I mean, he's going to, if he's emailing in a blog, he's going to have to, I'm going to get his name. No, I'm just going to squint or whatever. You, you don't know? have anything to do with the website, <laughs> so shut it. Uh, I totally agree with him about the Joker. Do not tell me where the Joker comes from. Yeah. I don't want to know. We screamed about it last week. Yes, we did. Um, and then again, Chris Somney and Frank Quietly, the exact same choices as. Uh, I like he said Doug Braithwaite. Drawing Valiant, I would say I would Stephen Trevor Sa- Hair Sign. 
Trevor Hairsign, I would totally take him. Or, my answer for or Steven Segovia. I would let him draw everything there. No, no. I love that guy. Nah. Get out of here. He's not as good as Braithwaite or Hairsign. I mean, sure. Yeah, he's not as good as Hairsign. I really like that choice. <laughs> Trevor Hairsign is definitely my choice for Valiant. Uh, but Doug Braithwaite, I love Dougie Braithwaite as an artist. He's fantastic. And sometimes he's Doug, other times he's Dougie. I like it when he's Dougie. I kind of like him as Dougie, too. Yeah. It's playful. I wish he would teach me how to Dougie. Okay. What yeah. if Dougie Braithwaite? You tried so hard to read to, to come up with the right lyrics for that show. How to Dougie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take another voicemail here while we're waiting for a call to come in. We got Jason Sachs hitting us. I miss Sex here. He's a good guy. Jason Sachs is going to ask us to change the day we record again. Too I'm going to be mad. Too bad. He can smoke it. It's not like he lives on another planet. He lives in freaking Portland. Give hey, me guys. Break. Jason Sachs here. How's it going? Uh, so remember, talk to the, uh, 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 you guys need to talk to the guys who uh, don't have time or the ability to uh, call during your calling hours. Two of us are still loyal listeners. We're and we doing want to be it part right of the group. now, you big baby. Uh, we didn't do it. I have travel plans and workout plans and all that kind of stuff. We didn't well, do I it last actually, week. Too know, home, and we do apologize. I'm not going to. Um, so who's my pick for the artists at Marvel, DC, etc.? So it's an odd question because, like, no one ever could draw all the comics. And I'm going to assume that you can have any creator, living or dead, uh, living, draw comics. But, okay. So for Marvel, obviously the king, Jack Kirby. Happy 100th, Jack. You freaking rocked, um, even though you're very slightly overrated. You hear that, Chase? He's overrated. Um, for Shots DC, fired. I'm going to pick John Cassidy, even though he hasn't done that much for DC, because John Cassidy also is one of our great comic artists, and the guy can freaking draw, and I'm just rereading Planetary now. I'm just completely blown away by the work that he does. The problem is if he drew all the DC books, then he we'd have one book about every six months. For uh, Valiant, I picked Trevor Hairsign, who did the uh, the, the uh Divinity. Stalinverse comics, which yep. were incredible, just spectacular detail, amazing, uh, amazing richness to them. Uh, for uh, for uh, for Dark Horse, you know, even though it, it's uh, kind of a cliche or whatever, I'll go with Mike Mignola. Same. Even though he doesn't really kind of fit a lot of the other stuff they put out, Mignola's, yeah. you know, just a fucking genius. And then for Valiant, or rather for Image Comics, who's who would be the one guy to draw all Image Comics? Why? Who else but Rob Liefeld? Right on. One of the most amazing, unique, incredible talents in the history of the comics industry. <laughs> Liefeld forever. Love the man. Love you guys. Don't forget about me. Don't, don't, don't you forget about me. Okay, Jason, we don't want to get sued. Welcome back. That was beautiful. Thank you, well, sexier. Uh, wow, that's an unexpected duet. <laughs> uh Look, we didn't forget about you. I, well, we did. Last week, we forgot. I, I apologize. No, it was a busy week. We had a lot of calls. Yeah, we, we forgot. Were, we were we, fun. We finished recording. I it forgot. It was a quarter to two. Fine, I forgot. You had to go to work, and I was like, oh, shit, we didn't play the voicemail. Fine. And you had to go to work. So, yes, I apologize. We did forget. But, of course, we can never forget you, Jason. No. Um, you're too cute. That's why we call you sexier. Trevor Hairsign, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I agree on that. I don't think there's an answer for Dark Horse or Image. I'm no, not answering that. I agree with Dark Horse. Dark Horse is a very diverse company that puts out a lot of different yeah, types they, of books. They do too much. But it's universes within universes. But but when I think of Dark Horse, I think of Mike Mignola immediately. 
Like when I think of that company, Mike Mignola is Dark Horse. See, I get Mike Mignola, Art Adams. Uh, I mean, I don't. Mike Alred, all these names. I mean, I know that they've mind, all you know. contributed, but it, we're picking one. I know, but I, I, I just can't. For Answer Darkhorse. the damn question. You can. You can can't. and will. I refuse. You can. I refuse. You can. No. You can. No. Do it. <laughs> Leave me alone. Do it. <laughs> Matt Kent. There, I picked you for you. <laughs> I don't want him to draw everything there. there see, I want Mike him to Mignola. draw the Dark Horse stuff there. And I don't want Mike Mignola drawing Mike Matt Kent stuff. That's what I'm saying. Too many, it's a hypothetical, Matt. Too many just things. give yourself over to it. It's and not gonna. I can't do it. It's not gonna alter reality. I refuse to do it. Uh, for image, since I'm just gonna give my answers as we go. Go ahead. For image, since Jason brought it up, um, I had a hard time with this, but I think that uh, Ryan Otley, to me, Ryan Otley could draw it. Yeah, is an artist that could like. He's done variant covers for almost every comic yeah. that they put out. He's also a bit of a chameleon. He can switch his style up a little bit. Uh, yeah, like, but I mean, everything everything still looks very still Otley-esque. Looks, it's still Ryan Otley, yeah. Um, but I just think that he's got the talent uh, that uh, I would read. The, I would read The Walking Dead by Ryan Otley. I would read Saga by Ryan Otley. Fair enough. Um, there are very few books that I wouldn't read drawn by Ryan Otley. I just came up with my DC answer. Okay. Mark Buckingham. Because Mark Buckingham, I can, love Mark Buckingham. He can do anything. Yeah, Mark Buckingham has changed his style so many times, depending on whatever no, he's worked. Mark on. Buckingham does not change his style. Subtly, yes, depending on what he does, he absolutely has. And the guy's amazing, and he can draw any DC character. I'd be happy, and he's still alive. We said living. So yeah, uh, so yeah. For those of you that uh, have not yet called, that is not to say that Dave Gibbons is dead. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess no. somebody else said Dave Gibbons. No, and I love nobody it. said Dave. Yeah, Gibbons. stately Lord Fungus said Dave Gibbons. He said Brian Boland. Oh, Brian Boland. I'm sorry. Who is right. also not dead? Yes. Um, my answer for DC is a little uh, maybe out of the out of the current uh, zeitgeist, but uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez is my choice for DC yeah. because he literally yeah. Wrote the book about how DC characters should look yeah. in the 80s. Super talented guy. When you think, and for many years, I think even still today, if you see a licensed product with a DC character, there's a very strong chance it was drawn by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Love saying that guy's name. I do. I love it. It takes a little while, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are other artists at DC that are very, very talented that I also think of when I think of DC. Uh, um, Alan Davis, though he also does Marvel. Phil Jimenez. Phil Jimenez. I would like, he could go wild. But Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Okay. Like, he designed the modern look of DC, and he did it 35 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. Marvel's tough. I don't know my answer for Marvel. That one's really tough. I think, I think Marvel, I, I, Chris Somney is. I can't do better than Chris Somney. I can't think of. Somebody else uh, right off the top of my head, honestly. Uh, and just as an honorable mention, if I were going to pick an, a, a, a comic book artist that's um, a little bit more relevant in the modern time it, for DC, it would be Doc Chainer. Yeah, Doc Chainer is fantastic. Because he draws, like Chris Somney, he draws characters in a modern way with a classic aesthetic. Yeah. And that's what I want. That I Flash want Flash Gordon series that he was working on, beautiful. The, the Future, Future Quest, Quest stuff, stuff was incredible. This thing, this thing coming up with Plastic Man and Mr. Terrific, I cannot wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Doc Shaner's a badass. Uh, and yeah, so I think... Total badass. That's what I want. I want a, a modern artist that makes me remember all of the things I love about these characters. Yeah, definitely. So. That's a good answer. Those are my, those are my answers. Let's go to James Kaplan. 
Hey guys, the phone lines are still open. Yeah, what's the deal? Ringy ding, let's do it. Hey guys, James Kaplan here with an answer to the question of the week about which one artist embodies each of the different comic book publishers. For Marvel, I thought of Mike Zeck. Secret Ooh, Wars yes. was my first real Marvel That's comic. And answer. to me, the way he drew those characters, the classic interpretations of them, to me, that's that's what the Marvel superheroes look like. Similarly, for DC, I went to my childhood and thought of Jorge Luis Garcia Lopez. His style guide was the basis for the products, all kinds of, you know, lunchboxes, blankets, etc. And kind of, he, he did sort of the platonic ideal of the DC superhero characters. For Image, I thought of Fiona Staples. Um, I, I wasn't reading the classic 90s image, but for me, her art is weird and edgy and interesting and exciting. And all of those are kind of what I think of when I think of Image Comics. That's a really good answer. For Valiant, my thought was Doug Brathwaite because he's got this strong kind of muscular superhero style of art that's um, it's clean storytelling and it's effective. And that's kind of what I think of when I think of Valiant Comics. And for Dark Horse, that was pretty easy. Uh, I thought Mike Mignola, you know, because when you think Dark Horse, you think Mike Mignola, you think Hellboy. I mean, he, it, it's hard to, hard to separate the two. Anyway, thanks very much. Love the show. Thanks for your call, and we'll t- discuss it just a second here. Because we've we got somebody call calling in. in. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? JD, got to catch them all. What up, hey, JD? Right. How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Now, are you calling us from the lake house or are you calling us from reality? Calling you from reality. Okay. All right. Just had to make sure. JD lives in a pocket <laughs> universe where he can go back and forth to the Marvel lake house where he's reading comics six months in the past. For those of you yes. who don't know. Now, you've been brought up to speed. What do you want to rap about? <laughs> uh, well, the answer of the week. All right. Hit uh, us. Yeah. Uh, this is a tough one for me because I am a writer and that makes me kind of a writer guy. And I haven't really – took me a while in my comics reading career to pay attention to artists. I followed writers primarily. so You're just like Marvel Editorial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won't go there. <laughs> but uh, so – all right. So I, I laid it out by publisher. So I'll go ahead and start with Marvel. Uh, I think the artist for Marvel should be Chris Samney. As long as he's colored by Javier Rodriguez. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, for DC, uh, I went with only living artists, by the way. Good. Yeah, I think I that mean, was what otherwise, Jim intended. Yeah, the spirit of the question, I think. Yeah, otherwise everything would be drawn by, you know, Jack Kirby and Darwin Cook. Right. Right, exactly. So, exactly. But speaking of Darwin Cook, in the spirit of Darwin Cook, since he would be the DC guy, I'm going to go with Phil Hester. Because oh, I nice. see them on the same level. Okay. All right. I don't disagree with that. I think they have but, similar styles. Yeah. And since I'm talking teams, I would definitely want Hester inked by Eric Gapster. Fair enough. Yeah, Eric. Eric's very talented. Uh, for Dark Horse, that's a gimme. In fact, we just read it for the book club, Mignola. Okay. See, I'm Matt, not it's not really... so hard. My answer is Art Adams. The more I think about it, it's, oh, it's really? Art Adams. When was the last time Art Adams drew anything? Probably Monkey Man and O'Brien. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, Monkey Man I, and O'Brien. <laughs> I, I, he did Godzilla there too, a million years ago. I I just yeah. I think Art Adams and he, I just love him. You're I a big Longshot fan, aren't you? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Matt loves long <laughs> shot. Kidding me? Oh Love man. Long shot. Yeah. All right. So for image and everything else, basically just for everything else, I think it should be. I'm going to give two answers. I'm going to cheat, but it should be either Declan Shalvey or David or David Aja. Oh yeah. Yeah. Either one. Yeah. Those are both good. And the reason reason why I like those guys, especially is because they are impressive without being flashy and they're innovative without being distracting. Yeah. They can lend their style to anything, like literally anything. Yeah, and their story, you know, for me, it's really tough because with art, there's this balance of forgetting about it and noticing it at the same time. Right. And they both, I can read the story, and I love the story, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I would need to go back and look at this art, you know, because I missed it the first time because they did such a good job telling the story. Do you understand? Yeah. No, they're subtle. They're very subtle and super talented. You know what? I. I agree with the. I agree that they're both very talented, but I have to disagree with you both because, well, Declan Shalvey, yes, um, he he is a he is such a great artist, yeah, and he I agree that he's also not super duper flashy all the time, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I have stopped and stared at David Aja pages. No, I, I do not agree. I well, do yeah. not agree that he is not flashy or I don't think he is. I don't yeah, think he's I, not flashy. Well, I mean he's amazing. I'm like his like, his art is not like bright and full of explosions, but right. the design right. sense, his does his sense of design and layout and story how it flows across the page, it is like it's like G.H. Williams the third level. No, it's stunning, oh, yeah. but I don't Joe, think it's and, and, He's different from J.H. Williams III in the sense where, like, he is doing it, and to you and I, and obviously mm-hmm. you as well, someone who knows art can look at it and be like, holy shit, this guy's talented. But he's also not the kind of guy that, if you didn't really know comic book art, I don't think you would pick up one of his comics and be like, wow! You know? You're telling yeah, me you wouldn't, look, say, you wouldn't well, pick up that issue of Hawkeye he did that was, like, all told in pictograms and sign language and be like, yeah. whoa! I mean, well, yeah, and, and I guess. Joe, I think... Joe, I think you and I, I, we're not arguing, Joe. We're on the same side, and you're not disagreeing with me because when I said he's impressive without being flashy, I meant flashy in the negative. Okay. Right. Like flashy for flashy's sake. Right. Sure, right, right. Sometimes there are artists that just throw, like, you know, splash page after splash page, and it doesn't tell a story. Right. Yes, right. You can look at it and say, wow, this is amazing artwork, but I don't know what the hell's going on. No, you're right. He uses his artwork for the sake of the story, and the two come together so well that it's impossible to separate the dialogue, the plot, and the art. Like, J.H. Williams Williams III will do, like, Yes. A two-page spread, full color painted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where geometric the, shapes. The panels are shaped like a out. bat. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. can't help but be like your your breath is taken that away. That is as flashy as it gets. Yeah. And yeah, and I don't know if it necessarily helps him tell the story. It's just really right. fucking cool. Right. Exactly. Uh, and that's where I would go with David Aja because I think every all of the innovation and all of the tricks that David Aja does in my opinion, serves the story. Totally. I mean, the, the oh, yeah. diagram stuff he did with the archery and Hawkeye. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I dabble in archery myself. And so one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is when I see like a green arrow book and he's got the arrow on the wrong side of the bow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. but you know, there's just little things like that. It's just like, do some goddamn research. <laughs> right. I mean, you can say what yeah. you want to about Kevin Smith. I mean, you can bash on him all you want, but I'll give him credit for one thing. When he started reading Green Arrow, when he got the job, 
He went and found a friend of his that had a bow and he tried it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, this is apropos of nothing, but it just reminded me of a funny story. I remember like archery nerds being super upset at Jeremy Renner <laughs> when they oh, first yeah. started him showing up as Hawkeye <laughs> because he's got his elbow stuck like way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. like, that is not how you hold a bow, you dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, You're the world's really, greatest it's archer. It's also a little, it's a little weird for some of us because Jeremy Renner's left-handed. Right. So uh, everything's reversed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like if they made a bowling movie where they like the guy threw the ball down the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. overhanded. Yeah, yeah, like just like double hand overhead throws the ball at the pins, and you're like, he's the best bowler in the world. <laughs> yeah. Being mad at being mad at Jeremy Renner's elbow placement pales in comparison to seeing some of the stuff they've done with they've had green arrow and mainly green arrow do with his bow in the comics. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it's it's gotta ridiculous. look, it's gotta look cool, man. <laughs> gotta look cool. I know. You know, having to use a compound bow and pull all the strings back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He's the world's best archer. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I honestly, he's also compound. got the strength of 10 men. This is not an excuse. Cause I get pissed about shit like this all the time too, but I've never noticed that cause I'm not an archery. Guy. Or, yeah. I don't know you anything know, about like, compound bows. Now when I watch a movie and, and they're like, you know, in a certain part of the world and there's like snakes and they're like, Oh really? There's boa constrictors and shit in Germany. You know, like, <laughs> Come on, because yeah. <laughs> like, I was reptile guy. It's like those aren't even poisonous, Indiana Jones. Stop it, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> Why did it have to be garter snakes? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Thank you for your call, JD. Always good to hear from you, man. Even when you're pissed off about archery. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> See you later. Uh, so back to James real quick. He uh, he said Trevor Hairsign, or did he say Doug Braithwaite? He said Doug Braithwaite. The dulcet tones of James Kaplan. Yeah. That guy, his speaking voice, he can just rock me to sleep like a baby. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, but Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, another vote for JG. Yeah, you guys. JLGL. JLGL. Okay, JLGL. yeah. All right, gotcha. Thank you for your call, James. Sorry we had to like move right into... Whoa, we had a call for a second there, and then it went away. Let's get to the guy who came up with this question, Mr. Jim Kettnerd. Hey, join Matt. Kettnerd here. Hey, thanks for picking my question, guys. You Since it. your phone lines have been blowing up like wild these past few weeks, and tomorrow morning my wife Lacey's gym is having its grand opening, I think I'm going to rejoin the MP3 crew this week. Okay, so it had actually been months since I thought about that question, so I really had to reapproach my answers in a fresh way. I'm going to take Matt's advice and actually just restrict my answers to the big three connected superhero universes, and I tried to pick creators Thanks. whose style could best capture the personality of those universes. And here's what I got. For Valiant... Well, that, that universe always seemed more like it, like it skewed more towards science fiction than a superhero universe. So I'm going with the greatest sci-fi comic illustrator of our time, Fiona Staples. I feel like her stuff walks a really beautiful line between that classic approach of like Barry Windsor Smith era Valiant stuff and the newer, more lighthearted fare that we see in books like Faith or Quantum and Woody. I think that Fifi Stapes could do it all. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Chris Somney. I've been a fan of this dude since Thor the Mighty Avenger, and his work just gets better and better. Some of the stuff in Black Widow is like a masterclass in visual storytelling. It's so good. And I think he'd be a really good match for DC because there's an undercurrent of classicism in his illustration. Uh, his clean line look of his figures would be perfect for bright heroes like the Flash or Supes. 
And we've seen him work those heavy black inks on Black Widow, which I think would make him a great fit for illustrating stuff happening in Gotham City as well. Now, for Marvel, I went with who I believe is the modern-day inheritor of Jack Kirby's visual legacy, and that's Paul Pope. Pope's work is all about being big and bold Whoa. and fast. Most of all, his work crackles with the frenetic energy that I want to see in a Marvel comic. The look of all his stuff is a little bit dirtier, a little bit scrappier, and I feel like that harkens back to Marvel's old-school personality, which is something they would benefit in reconnecting with. Anyways, guys, that's it for me. Listen to Galacticus and Adult Crash in iTunes, and be sure to check out the Adult Crash Patreon for new comics from me and Lacey. Catch you next time, guys. Bye. They just put something up this week, by the way. Yes, Jim uh, contacted us about uh, the the graphic novel, which is imminent. It's almost out. <laughs> uh, I think October 1st is the date. Uh, it's quick here. And he wants to know if we want a copy. Uh, the answer yes. Is, of course, yes. Yes. Um, we here, just want free shit. I don't but, care. I mean, here's, <laughs> here's where I'm at. Uh, here's where I'm at a little bit. Uh, reviewing stuff that your friend sends you is hard. But I would absolutely love to have you guys on the show. It's only hard if it's, it's only hard if it's not really good or it totally sucks. Like when it falls in the middle. You yes, know? but how is it? <laughs> That's the like, tough part. <laughs> if somebody says, "Oh yeah, my buddy, my buddy uh, Brian Dupont, who hired me to draw a copy, uh, a cover for his comic. He didn't hire me. I did it for free. Yeah. Uh, sent me a copy and I reviewed it on the show. Wink, wink. Like how unbiased is my review? Well, I mean, if it's me, I'm completely unbiased, but you know, whatever, dude, I just have standards. Uh, so. I just cast all my comic book journalist integrity <laughs> yeah. right under the wow. bus. Um, fake but, news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, but yes, of course we want to see the book. I would love to read it. I'd love to have you guys on the show to talk about it. Uh, but we'll work all that out off the air. Um, Fiona Staples. It never occurred to me, like, he's the only person that chose artists yeah. that are not immediately already associated with those companies. I never thought of liking her to Barry Windsor Smith. He's completely right. I, I don't yeah. know why that never occurred to me, but it's there. Absolutely there in her style. Uh, Paul Pope is such a great answer. And I, I, I love Paul Pope drawing it. I just, I just went, like, superhero artists already associated with the companies for whom they work. And I love my answers, but I loved that he was like Chris Somney for DC and not Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see Chris Somney draw some stuff at DC. Yeah, love it. Absolutely. Spiritual uh, inheritor of Darwin Cook. Definitely. Great yeah. answers. Oh, man. That was really good. Thank you for calling, Jimmy. Hey, uh, note to all you guys. Go to Amazon. Search for Ink in Water under the graphic novels. Pre-order that shit. It's yeah. coming very soon, like within a matter of weeks. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Back to the phone lines. Hey, this is Marcus. I was wondering if you guys could Boy. give me a good uh, nonfiction novel um, recommendation. And what's the new skill you guys would like to learn? And uh, third, <laughs> I'm having a sexy furry party this upcoming Wednesday night. You guys are invited. I got a few extra costumes for you. Sick bastard. Squirrel. God damn. Horse you I'm guys. cutting him off. God damn it, Marcus. You sicko. <laughs> Look, hey. Do not approve of his furry bullshit. It's up, it's up to the mole, man. What? No. Play the rest of that call. I want to hear how it ends. I want to wear it. Text me back. Call me. Here's a toy. Uh, hold me. Thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah. The transcript says it's up to the mole, man. No, it says whole man. Oh, whole man. Sorry. It's up to the whole man. Uh, Marcus, uh, thank you for your call. Nonfiction Listen, novel about comics. Matt, we're not about, as they say, Yucking other people's yums. Oh, that's disgusting, too. It's not disgusting. They're just words. 
If you want to be a furry, if you're a consenting adult and you want to be a furry, then God bless you. No, it's I'm, not okay. You're it a is, sicko. It's totally okay. You and the people dressed like evil clowns can all get on the same boat and sink, as far as I'm concerned, all right? No, look, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with what you do in your own private time. Yes, it is. I'm not uh, interested, but more power to you. It is wrong, and you are sick, okay? Look, <laughs> I know what you get up to in your private time, so you have no room to I talk. I don't do it in an animal costume because I'm not a sicko, all right? You do lots of other Whatever. sick, depraved I'm things. Whatever. No, don't you... Throw me in the same class as David DeMarco. And my <laughs> <laughs> Just because he likes Squirrel Girl doesn't make him it's a furry. Sick. It's sick. And he also does, he likes My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. But nonfiction novel. I think you should read Men of Tomorrow. It is a wonderful book, and it's all about the history of Joel Siegel and Jerry Schuster. Don't say Joel. His name is Joe. Joe. Sorry. God, I do it every time. Yeah, you do. I do it every time. Yeah. It is wonderful. It is the behind the scenes look of their battle. With DC over the rights of Superman and getting paid for things. It's incredible. Gerard Jones wrote it. He is a pervert. He's the one that got put away for child pornography, right? He was arrested for possession yes. of child pornography. Yes. Yeah. But great book. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know? Um great you know, book. I wasn't gonna choose a I wasn't gonna choose a a comic related book. My favorite nonfiction author is David Sedaris. Um, he writes essays, he's a satirist. Um, my favorite book of his is it's really hard to pick one. Um, but I think my favorite David Sedaris book is When You Are Engulfed in Flames. Oh, it's a great one. Uh, yeah. And yeah, check it out. Uh, this is one instance. I listen to audiobooks for convenience, mm -hmm. but if I would normally say if you have the time, definitely read the physical book because that's how you, it's intended. I like David Sedaris to Except read to me. I want uh, David Sedaris narrates his own audiobooks, and to hear him read his own essays is it's amazing. Wonderful. David Sedaris audio collection and my favorite thing. Skill you'd like to learn? Piano. Piano. I took lessons for a while. Really? I, I just didn't have the time to keep up with it. I'd love to be able to play the piano. Um, I'd also really love to, <laughs> to be able to draw better. Uh, I guess uh, artistically paint. I'd love to learn how to uh, paint properly. Okay. Um, I've dabbled, but I've never really like given myself to it. I would like to make electronic music. I've never done that. You're I've, one of those. I've played drums all my life. You're one of those kind I'd of I'd like to make electronic music. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even care what kind. Yeah, like um, you want to wear one of those fake mouse heads and- No. Not like dead mouse. No. Yeah. Like, honestly, it, I would like to learn how to do like the 16-bit um, remixes and stuff like that. There's this great site that does just that. It's just people making 16-bit music and they're like tweaking old video game system sounds and stuff. I love that shit. I would love to learn how to do it. So there you go. Screw you, Marcus, for derailing the show, you sick son of a bitch. Marcus, I love it when you derail the show. In fact, you give people permission to derail the show every week. I know, it's true. But I just like give Marcus shit. Final caller. Final call. Hey, guys. Uh, it was not too late to call. It's uh, Anthony currently presiding in a park in Brooklyn. He sounds sad. Playing with his stinky children. Oh. Uh, anyway, I wasn't going to call because I couldn't think of an answer for the question of the week. But then I thought of one, so here you go. Um... Uh, if I could have one artist draw all the Valiant books, I'm going only with Valiant. Uh, I would choose Pasquale Ferry. Okay. Uh, here's why. I, think I he's love a Pasquale good Ferry. There you go. Uh, um, his art's beautiful to look at. And uh, if you look at his past work, I think it would lend itself well to the Valiant universe. He creates really unique and interesting uh, set pieces. Um, uh, his characters have uh, emotion and, and, and motion. Um, it's really cool. Um, more specifically, if you look at, say, Adam Strange Planet Heist, he draws really cool aliens, which could translate also to really cool monsters. He draws cool armored beings. He does great, like, you know, gunplay. 
uh, with uh, like gun action. So Bloodshot would look super cool. Exo Man of War would look super cool. And if you go even further back to when he was just starting out uh, and you look at Heroes for Hire, he knows how to draw you know, people engaging in martial arts action. So Ninjack and uh, Obadiah Archer would look super cool in action. And uh, his work on Thor, his Vols tag was awesome. Oh, yeah. So, it would, you know, uh, it makes sense that his, his uh, Armstrong would be awesome. So Pascal Ferry, I think, would be great for the Valiant Universe. And, oh, and I saw the tick. It was fucking awesome. It was All right, great. guys. Take care. <laughs> Bye. The tick, the tick, okay. Pascal Ferry, I love that guy. He can do everything. I'm, I don't know what he's been up to lately. Yeah. He's been noticeably absent. I think I saw the, his name on a variant cover not long ago, but I don't know if he's still drawing comics. Pasquale Ferry, where are you? Yeah, he can do anything. Uh, Literally anything. But yeah, I, I do love him. Um, the Tick. I just finished watching The Tick last night. I did not know it was only six episodes. Yeah. I was like, what? It's wonderful. Oh, it's, man. It's completely wonderful. It was so good. Yeah. And it ends It ends on a cliffhanger. Literally. Well, they've already got a second season. Not, not literally a, a cliff. but They renewed like, it already. So The cliffhanger moment is like probably one of the funniest cliffhangers I've <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched The Tick, watch The Tick. It's so good. There you they go. They did a great job. Thanks to everybody that called in to play or sent us an MP3, you guys. Uh, thanks to all our viewers on Facebook as well. We love the comments, and we love sharing the segment with you nerds. And hey, don't forget to give us a little like on our Facebook page while you're there. You know? Yeah, like you know what? We sailed over 800 likes on the Facebook page, That's which is awesome. great. It's been climbing pretty steadily. Joey, before we Appreciate finish that. today, why don't you set up the new question of the week the new question of the week comes from forum user lee jr 73 all right i don't know who he is he was a guest he doesn't even have a real account oh no kidding sign up for the forums lee jr what are you doing he asks lee senior kicking you around what's the problem (laughs) lee asks what video game comic toy etc did a friend or relative have that you desperately wanted so much so that you had to be friends with them, even if you hated them, just to get to play with said object. Uh, that is such a great question man. that I think any nerd, especially from the 80s, can relate to. Oh, yeah. I got an answer. Uh, Lee cites what is possibly the greatest example of all, the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, yeah. the USS Flag. Yes. Um, I didn't know anybody personally that had the USS Flag, so I that did. is not my answer. And I fucking hated that kid. Yeah. But that's such a wonderful <laughs> A wonderful question, and I totally relate to it. I think it'll be fun. I still see that kid. When I close my eyes, I still see his dead body. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awesome question. And yeah, sign up for the forums. What are you doing, Lee? Come on, man. I mean, he was there. Guest user. Give me a damn break. He was there. So as always, if you fancy British slang Uh provided in the chat, courtesy of QE2, uh, you can send an MP3 to to it at nerd at gmail.com. Okay. Keep it under two minutes. Yes. You can also call the uh, voicemail line, 402-819-4894, and leave a message there. Or or you can call live during Cover to Cover, like many people you heard here today. I guess I meant, or you can click the call now button on Facebook. You can also <laughs> click the call now button on Facebook, but yeah. nobody's doing that. It's super Just easy. It, dial it on your phone. Like a we don't know thing. that. We don't know that. Maybe people did it today. We don't know. It's a way to reach us. That's all I'm saying. It is a way to reach us. Yes. Excelsior! That is it for THN 458. If you dig comic podcasts that just can't leave their fucking format alone, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. 
Guys, thank you to everyone that donates to us on PayPal and Patreon. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and without you, we wouldn't be able to afford our enormous international call budget. You would not believe how expensive it is to talk to the freaking queen. Holy craps. If you want to support the show, you can do so in many ways. You can become a patron, a patron on Patreon, where we give back to you for what you give to us. You can just donate a solid amount on, on PayPal. You could also go to the Amazon link in the show notes of every episode yep. where you can buy not only any of the comics that we talked on this episode, but your normal everyday whatever. Just click the link. Yeah. Go shopping. Go to Amazon and buy your toilet paper. It doesn't cost you any extra. And we get a little bit of a, a chunk from Jeff Bezos. Uh, it's why your Tesla cars are so expensive. Yeah, it is. And Bezos, stop advertising on Breitbart. That shit's gross. Stop it. Is it Bezos that's doing a Tesla car? No. Yeah, you know, all rich guys at the same <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to everybody that participated in the inaugural THN book club meeting that took place on the Facebook fan page last night. Yeah. They had a great discussion about Hellboy, Seed of Destruction, and they're working on putting their thoughts into an audio segment we can share with the rest of the listeners very soon. I'm excited about that. Word to you guys, and special thanks to Dee Murray and Jimmy Randall for putting it all together. If you want to participate in the next book club discussion, head to the Facebook and join the Two-Headed Nerd fan group. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or the queen just might show up while you're trying to take a shit. Whoa! This is the two-headed nerd. Look, it happens. She goes where she wants. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) This is the two-headed nerd. Signing off!